0: Welcome to another episode of Joy in Your Circus. I'm your host, Sabrina Irvin, and on today's episode, I am joined by a very, very special guest, Cassandra Wilson, also known as Cassie or Cass. You know, when I was sitting down to prepare for my conversation with Cassie, I thought back to when I first met her. It was a long time ago, so I had to think back a little ways. I first met Cass in early high school. And you know, some of my fondest memories from high school involve time spent with Cass. Whether we were in the dance team or we were eating Little Caesars pizza right from the box with a bottle of ranch, she was always a great friend to have in your corner no matter what you were doing. I'm so excited to share her story with you today. So grab your glass of wine or maybe that cup of coffee that you left in the microwave an hour ago. Here's your reminder. And enjoy my conversation with Cassie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. So let's kick things off by chatting a little bit about you. So maybe you can describe yourself in three to five words. The flow type of person that
1: just kind of basically flows around like I'm easygoing. I'm a mother of two little boys and I'm also a small business owner of two small businesses.
0: Tell me a bit about the circus in your house. Tell me a little bit about when you became a mom, the ages of your kids, their names, just kind of what's the dynamic like in your house?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm the only girl in my house. (laughs) It's all boys here. (laughs) Um, Pregnancy hasn't always been my friend. It's So I've always been always had like a hard time holding on to pregnancies, but I became a mom six years ago tomorrow. My oldest rainbow baby turned six tomorrow, William. Um, And then I have a three-year-old who, his name is Brayden.
0: A boy mom through and through. Hey,
1: 100% there's sword fighting. There's video games. There's wrestling. They're jumping off their bunk beds from the top bunk to the floor. Oh man,
0: (laughs) I'm sure there is never a dull moment in your house.
1: Nope, there is not.
0: (laughs) So maybe you can share something unique about each of your kids.
1: Both my boys are the complete opposite. William is kind, gentle, always smiling. I have been told by a few moms in his kindergarten class, that he is a ladies' man. <laughs> um, and Brayden is your wild, full of energy, like the typical red-headed little boy, gets into everything. Like, But he's also like my biggest, biggest cuddler and just lovey-dovey. If he likes Aww. you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Aw, that's cute. And you guys, so you have a a bit of a mix in the house. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's dig in a little more to your personality. So if you were to compare your personality to a spice, what spice would you be, Cass, and why? Oh my goodness.
1: Well, if we are talking about Spice Girls, I would be a little bit of Baby Spice and Scary Spice.
0: Jokes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and anyone who doesn't know Cass, she definitely looks like baby spice through and through. So that would be accurate.
1: 100 percent But if I were to choose a spice, um, I would choose like a honey, honey centura spice because it's like a little spicy, but yet I'm a little sweet.
0: Oh, so you're a good mix. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about dreams. So if money wasn't an option for you and you could do absolutely anything, there's limitless, like let's just say the pandemic wasn't a factor, what would you buy or do and why?
1: Oh, I would 100% buy an acreage, buy a whole bunch of land and set up a horse haven.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: nice. Always one of my things when I was little. <laughs> but my right. big one right now is me and my business partner, we run Radiant Motherhood and it's basically a fitness group for moms. But she has a side where she talks a lot of like the mental health part and I'm more of the other half. And so we want to build a building where you can get all of this stuff, like your fitness, your self-care, um, your mental health check, like all of that kind of stuff, all in one building. So that's kind of like
0: my other dream. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's a really cool dream to to aim towards. I like that. So let's talk bucket lists because I always find it really interesting to chat about dreams and goals and just fun bucket lists with my guests. So maybe name off some of the stuff that's on your bucket list.
1: So my number one would be to go to Italy. It's just kind of always a place that I've always liked. I love the culture, the food the buildings kind of the atmosphere of the whole place Um, my next one would be to learn how to garden because I can't keep plants alive no matter what I do I just seem to kill everything (laughs) and then I would really love to travel more especially to go see my sister Emily who lives in Japan right now
0: Ooh, so that would be kind of a neat trip I, I actually had a family living in Japan for my grandparents lived in Japan for many, many years um, when I was younger. And I always thought like hearing their stories and stuff, like I'm sure that your sister tells some pretty cool stories about the culture. Hmm. It's just kind of a neat place. So that's really neat that that's on your bucket list. I love that.
1: Yeah, she's not on the mainland. She's more on like an island, like far down Japan. She's on Okinawa. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. How how long? How long has she been there?
1: It will be two years this August. Wow. Yeah. What's she doing?
0: What's she doing? Japan.
1: Okay. So technically, she was only supposed to be teaching there for a year.
0: Okay. Is she teaching English? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, but because of the virus, the teachers who were supposed to come and take her spot can't come over.
0: oh no that no way that's crazy (laughs) yeah so she's like they offered
1: me a position so i'm just staying here until it's okay to come home oh
0: man crazy that's quite an an adventure oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay, so let's let's talk um, a little bit about small shops. so you're a successful small shop owner in Alberta, so can you share some of the details about your business ventures, kind of a little bit about what you do and when you started and what kinds of stuff your businesses make and promote?
1: All right, so my first one is the Willow Spa, um, where I make natural at home spa products. And my new one, Radiant uh, Motherhood, that was the one I kind of explained earlier. Um, but my Willow Spa one, uh, me and my oldest boy have sensitive skin. And for a while here, I couldn't use like store-bought lotions. He couldn't use store-bought lotions, like all of that kind of stuff. We broke out in rashes and all this kind of stuff. And so I was like, well... My grandma knows how to make all this natural stuff. So she kind of showed me how to do it. And so that's basically how I started. And I've been in business with the Willow Spa for two years now.
0: Wow. Good for you. That's really exciting. So for anyone who hasn't heard about a Cass's businesses, I'm going to share them um, after this episode airs. I will share some links to them so you can check out her pages and support her businesses because it's pretty, pretty cool. Some of the products that you create. So what are the most recent things through the Willow Spa that you've created?
1: Um, Lately, I have made um shower shampoo, like shower gel and my other new ones i have done kind of like an energy rub that you rub on your chest to like kind of like help wake you up with like natural so like essential oils and shea butters and stuff like that my whip lotions i can never keep those in stock because they go so fast
0: (laughs) but yeah that's awesome that's that's a good problem to have right oh yeah So I'm going to put you on the spot, but do you have, like, goals as far as, like, certain types of products that you would love to be able to create that you haven't yet?
1: Right now, I don't. Um, But with everything that I have right now, I'm quite comfortable not bringing a lot of new stuff in just because everything else just does so well. Like I bring in – I make my own clay masks because I can't use store-bought because if I use a store-bought one, all of the preservatives in it, my skin turns into like a lobster. But with like clay masks, you can basically create whatever mask you want. So I have like a rose clay one. I have a French green clay one. I have a bentonite clay. I have – Um, activated charcoal clay and you can like add your essential oils that you want to it you can add just water or you can add like apples like it's they're so customizable and like natural that like you can't you won't have a reaction to them like I just love them
0: it's very cool so do you feel like pretty comfortable being local do you have plans to take on the world or where are you at
1: (laughs) I'm quite comfortable just staying local like I a lot of people ask me why I don't want to go and like, be this worldwide person is because I like working on my own products. I like making them. I like meeting the people. And if you get big, you have to hire people to make them. And then you're, you're not really there with your customers, if that makes sense.
0: For sure. No, that makes perfect sense. So has the has the pandemic had an impact on your small shops?
1: Um, For the Willow Spa, yes, a little bit, just because markets is where I kind of made more of my customer base and stuff like that. And I've tried doing those online markets. They either they go either way, they can work really good, or they just like totally flop. Um, but Like a lot of people here have really supported local small businesses that they've actually been really good. And like they'll buy like bulks and bulks of my stuff, which is like huge, which I never thought would happen. And it's just sad seeing some of these other little small businesses go under because they can't open their doors. I'm lucky enough that I can make my stuff at home and still sell it.
0: So let's just say someone is listening to this podcast and they have been contemplating for a little while now, starting a shop of their own in whatever kind of a niche market that they're in. What advice would you give to someone that's wanting to maybe start out a shop? I say
1: 100% go do it. Find out what you want, do your research and like what you want to do. Like for me, I learned a lot stuff from like my grandma and stuff like that. And just basically start putting yourself out there, like being like, oh, hey, like I am the Willow Spa. I make natural products like here's like samples that I want to give you to try and give me feedback on how you like it. And just kind of just put yourself out there like you don't need to spend a whole lot of money right away. And honestly, if you're if you feel scared doing it, that is when you want to do it. Because it makes you push harder.
0: That's your sign that you're doing the right thing? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, if it gives you the butterflies and all of that, do it. Go do it. Because you don't know if it's going to, like, work out or not. And then if you don't do it, you're going to have that regret
0: that you didn't do it. So you mentioned your business, Radiant Mamas, which is a business that offers, we talked about yoga and fitness and mental health. So how did you get into practicing yoga in the first place? What kind of led you to, to that field?
1: Um, so for the yoga, um, I didn't really start really getting into yoga until after I had my first miscarriage. Um, I felt this like, I don't know, you just feel gross, you just don't like yourself. You're like, why? Why me? Like, what did I do to make this happen? And so then I started going to yoga classes pretty regularly, like every single day. And then I kind of noticed like how it made me feel. Um, I could get my emotions out all this kind of stuff and just kind of brought back peace and kind of healed me. And so I liked that feeling. And so I've always always wanted to do teaching but I just never had the right time to go take my teacher training and so then last year I found a lady who uh, is local in Calgary and so I signed up for her course and it just kind of went from there and then my regular one of my regular customers who's now my business partner was like hey I do this kind of stuff and like I've always wanted to (laughs) work out And do like make out like a working out area for moms and stuff like that. And I think we only hung out like once and we're like, let's start a business is
0: basically how radiant motherhood came to be. (laughs) You guys just clicked that way, which is great. Yep. So I know that in the world of yoga, there are multiple types of yoga. So for those people who aren't super familiar with the different types of yoga, maybe you can explain like what the differences are and what types of yoga you teach.
1: Uh, So there's different types. There's ones that are more like water, fluid, kind of like the flow yoga where you're moving, but you're kind of Like it's like a a water, like a stream. You just kind of like flow into like each one. And then there's yin where you're more grounded to the ground. You hold your postures lower, all this kind of stuff. You're more rooted into that. And then there's like the hot yoga, which is like more of your fire breath where you're in a hot room and you're doing more vinyasa moves, which are more harder and that kind of stuff. So you're more heated up. Um, But my favorite ones that I like um, are yin yoga, which is more of like your earth yoga, you're more grounded, you work on your breathing kind of style, that one, I like my flow that I do, which is more elusive where you're um, moving, but you're more relaxed flowing. And then I do yoga sculpt, which is kind of more with a yoga flow, but you're using weights as you go into each posture prenatal yoga as well for moms
0: so the sculpt is just taking it up a notch is what taking you're saying it up a notch yeah
1: like you'll do like chair pose and hold your weights you'll go into downward dog and move your weights with you warrior two you're holding weights
0: i love it it's it's definitely interesting to me and like i like oh i can't even the the downward dog like i have trouble with that one i'm a pretty like flexible human being from years of dance and fitness but like even like for me like looking at some of these poses that i see you doing and i'm like i admire that like that's incredible so high five to you for being committed to doing that so pretty cool. So let's, let's chat a little bit about the benefits. So what are the benefits that moms can receive from incorporating yoga into their lives regularly?
1: Um, So you learn breathing techniques, which can help you relieve stress, stuff like that. Also doing like simple little poses can help you de-stress and they can really, really help your mental health, especially now. Um, I used yoga breaths while I was in labor with both boys, which really help bring that air into your body. And so then you're not so tired when you're pushing for, who knows, like up to four hours. And even just doing a lot of like prenatal yoga, you just kind of get your body into that motion and you're always moving. So you're not stiff and all this kind of stuff. It just, it's amazing. Like what prenatal yoga or like even after it can do for like everything in your life. When I'm stressed out with like the kids and stuff during the day, sometimes I'll take like a three second timeout for myself and I will just sit there and I will just do like my big, deep yoga breaths just to kind of get into that space. Let me feel what I need to feel. And then I exhale and I just release it all. And then I can come back out of my space and then I can be a better mom. Like it's, I can just go on and on and on.
0: (laughs) You're passionate about it, which is awesome. Has the pandemic directly impacted how you teach yoga classes?
1: Oh, 100%. Like that has been for Radiant Motherhood that has huge (laughs) trial. All of a sudden it was just like, you can do classes In person if they're spaced out and then it's like boom you can't do that at all and it's like crap like what do we have to do so we're always like learning new ways on how to do stuff we make recordings we um do live workouts we show the benefits of how to do each posture or pose and all this kind of stuff like it's you're always learning like you know you know what works for this person like for the majority for radiant motherhood It's a lot of like um, online programs. So we make a program and then we write down the workouts, what they do. We give them the videos of how to do it all. We give them healthy meals, what they would like, what would be good for them. Um, Yoga breathing, yoga moves that will help. Like our programs are like huge. Like they've been really, really good so far. And I think that has worked really good for us is doing that.
0: So, thinking ahead over the next year, so do you guys have any big plans and goals for yoga and radiant motherhood, and where are you thinking you see this going in the next year?
1: Uh, right now, because we want to build a community for moms, like any period of like where the mom is, we just want to build a community where you can go in, you can work out, you can make new mom friendships you can learn how to like love yourself again like we are making like paint nights where moms can come and just have like a night with just themselves and just paint and meet new moms we want to do family barbecues if we're allowed where you can like all come and like just meet and hang out and just kind of like build that nice safe space for everybody
0: is like what we're hoping for You and your husband, John, are high school sweethearts. Can you share a little bit about your love story? (gasps) Okay, so (laughs) funny thing. It
1: was a blind date that we first met on, but technically I was supposed to go out with his friend. But then (laughs) I saw him, John, and his friend come out, and I was like, Doug? And he's like, Cassie? I was like, yeah, no, this ain't gonna work. And so I started talking to John, and then we just kind of hit it from there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So so how long have you guys been together now, total?
1: Oh man, it will be sixteen years this April.
0: And how many years married now?
1: Eleven this July.
0: <laughs> oh how the time flies. I hey? know. <laughs> So looking back, did you take any flack when you married your high school sweeter at heart? Maybe were there people that said, oh, Cass, you should date other people or just experience life a bit more before you settle down or people that just like flat out said, you know, this is never going to work.
1: I did have some family say that, but I didn't listen to them because they've all been married like two times. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: They had no say. <laughs> I'm very strong. Take, it, take it with a grain of salt. Yes. <laughs> First off, would you say John is a romantic person? Yes, he is. <laughs> okay, so if he's romantic, let's say, what is the most romantic thing that he's ever done for you?
1: Oh, man, what does he not do? That's the thing.
0: <laughs> oh, you're setting yourself up right here. <laughs> oh
1: I am. I don't I don't know it's just like it's always the little things he does like you know like when you catch that like glance that they do like every day you know when he's home like the littlest like hug and the kiss and like all that kind of stuff like it doesn't take much to impress me
0: (laughs) you're easily wooed I am (laughs) so what would you say maybe would be the like top and has he ever done anything that's like a grand gesture
1: he um did we did like a night away the year before the virus hit and we kind of got a hotel and we basically got to act like our younger selves like no kids he got to ride his we drove around on his motorbike we went out for dinner we got drunk it was just awesome and we slept in sleeping in was amazing
0: (laughs) oh that's the best hey like those kid-free nights and getting the sleep and like nothing else right
1: like it's just like i don't have to wake up with like anybody like looking at me and poking me and (laughs) asking for chocolate milk
0: (laughs) the little things in life Mm -hmm. after all these years so what do you feel is the key to a successful marriage
1: i think just being honest and just letting I'm
0: ourselves be-
1: <laughs> and just letting ourselves just be people if that makes sense, like we're our own person. we know that we don't need to be like together like one hundred percent of the time, like I don't know, it's just the cute little things, like you know, like gives me kisses before he leaves to work or. If he's away, he'll send me like little text messages, like, have a good day, beautiful. It's like, it's those little
0: things that keep everything good. I know that as much as he is a romantic, there's definitely got to be some juicy pet peeves. So what is your biggest pet peeve about your husband?
1: Every husband does this. They don't see what's in front of them, even though it's right in front of them. (laughs)
0: Do you, have a, do you have an example? Can you elaborate for me?
1: Like he'll be like, "Where's my hat?" I'll be like, "It's in the bedroom, on the on the table by your side, probably on the floor."
0: <laughs> Isn't it funny how we always know where exactly where everything <laughs> <Yeah>. is? <laughs> Let's turn the table here. So, if I was to ask him, what do you think he would say is his biggest pet peeve about you? <laughs> I clean funny, and I put things in random places. <laughs> How do you clean funny? Like, you have to explain that to me. (laughs)
1: Okay. So, I'll just, like, pick up stuff starting, and then I'll just randomly put it in a drawer, like, not thinking of what it is, or, like, just, like, random weird stuff I do sometimes. (laughs)
0: Okay. So, I mean, the important part is that you know where it is, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. I know where it is. It may not be, like, where he thinks it would be, but I know where it is.
0: (laughs) I don't see a problem with that. No?
1: (laughs) Like, sometimes, like, I don't know, it's just, like, silly stuff. And he's like, why? I don't understand. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> It's put away.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? It's, it's where it's meant to be, right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about John as a dad. So what is he like as a dad in your house?
1: Oh, he's hilarious. <laughs> like, he's just, it's cute watching him be a dad. 'Cause like he never thought he would be one, I think. But just like how he like interacts with like the boys, like he wrestles with them and oh he's just so sweet with them. But like if the boys get in trouble, like <laughs> I use John as a threat to the boys if they don't listen.
0: <laughs> oh, so he can turn turn that sweet side around is what you're saying. One hundred percent. <laughs> so, and I'm I'm sure that um, it's interesting because he is on the road quite a bit um, through the kids being around. Do you find like a, when he gets back from working on the road, like he falls right back into being, you know, that dad, hands-on dad role?
1: Oh, 100%. Like the boys, he loves having the boys sleep in our bed when he's home. <laughs> he's like, I don't.
0: Oh, do you love that? <laughs>
1: we have a king size bed now, but
0: I do too. I can't have my, I need my space. Like I need my own postal code.
1: But yeah, no, it's uh, just guess, cute. Cause like he wants to like cuddle with them. He's like, Oh yes, you can totally come hang out and cuddle with us. And I'm like, don't oh, care. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, he can't say no after being away, right? Exactly. Be like, he wants to be around them and spend as much time with them as possible. So I guess you can't hold that against him. No. <laughs> no so let's chat a little bit more about motherhood so what is the biggest challenge that you have faced over the years as a mom for me
1: it was definitely breastfeeding it was like horrible all the way around like from like the nurses at the hospital to like some family and friends like some said it's like oh it's so easy you should be able to do it I don't see what your problem is and it's like are you serious like (laughs) these don't work (laughs) that's been the most challenging i think
0: and that's hard because you know what we can't put everyone in the same bubble because it doesn't work for everyone and there's so much pressure on moms Mm -hmm. what do you think you would say is been the best part about being a mom
1: oh the love they give you (laughs) and like just watching them grow and like become their own little person like William and Brayden are like, Hey mom, can I just give you a hug? Or like, mom, you look so beautiful today. Like that stuff. Oh, it's like, I don't care just, if you got into the garbage. Like you, you love, you said you love me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just melts your heart. 100%. So let's talk about advice because I always find it really interesting. So what is the best piece of parenting advice that anyone ever gave you over the years?
1: That fed is best and only you know what is best for you and your children.
0: Amen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that one. That's good because there's so much pressure on moms and we just feel, I feel for first time moms right now because there is just so much pressure to do things a certain way and the stress that gets put on moms by these health nurses and oh, it's a lot.
1: 100%. Like, oh. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I don't think.
0: <laughs> and what about worst piece of parenting advice? Did you ever get any really bad advice?
1: William had, was always really, really picky. Like he was the pickiest eater in the world. Like the only thing he would eat was bread and goldfish for like ever. And that's the only thing I could get him to eat. But like and anything on bread? No, just bread. <laughs> okay, like, it was just it was hard so I'd buy him like pediatures and kind of stuff like that I tried to like make his food feel fun
0: how'd that work out uh
1: really really good like I made like the smoothies into like popsicles like that kind of like like little stuff and so I would sneak like spinach in there like he didn't know that was in there that kind of stuff but yeah like did he go
0: did he go for that some kids are smarter than that kids are like you ain't me. (laughs) no he loved it so I
1: was like okay like this is cool and so then down the road, I would make him like sandwiches, but I'd make like peanut butter and jelly, but I'd cut it in like a star shape or like get cookie cutters for like a heart and like he would eat it. So I was like, okay, this works. But I had a friend who was like, oh, you're not feeding him enough. Like you're starving your child. Like he's doing this, like he needs to be doing
0: that. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> so unnecessary. Exactly. And uh, we're supposed to be supporting each other as moms. And I feel like that comes off as so judgmental.
1: Mm-hmm. Hence is why we're not friends and, anymore. There you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, you know, as, like m- mom to mom, moms need to just be a community and need to support each other through thick and thin because we are all going through the trenches of motherhood and we're all fighting our own battles. So what has motherhood taught you about yourself? I'm sure there's some lessons you've learned over the years. What What would you say maybe is the top things that it's taught you?
1: It's taught me like what real love is, like how to be patient, um, just kind of like understanding, just kind of all of that. Like you're not caring for yourself anymore. You have someone to care for.
0: It's kind of a like, it's interesting to try and describe motherhood love because you can't really even like put it into words. It's like you think you know what love is and then you have your kid and it's just this love that transcends everything. Like you would do anything for your kids.
1: 100%. I would do anything for mine.
0: And I bet you, you didn't even like comprehend that kind of a love prior to having kids, right? Nope. <laughs> it's just crazy how it just like takes over your life. Hey, like, Hmm. So speaking of like before kids, so is there one thing that you swore up and down you would never do if you had kids and now you find yourself doing it?
1: Letting my kids play video games. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, like if they can leave me alone so I can shower or like work on like my spa stuff and like doing like my recordings for my workout, go play. Just leave me alone. (laughs) <laughs> for a little
0: bit <laughs> yeah sometimes you know what and uh, there's no shame like you know what uh, some everyone seems it seems like such a common thing for moms to say you know video games or screen time and then they turn around and their moms and they're like you know what it gives me 20 minutes a piece like whatever <laughs> yep <laughs> like, yeah I think we have to stop being so hard on ourselves when it comes to stuff like that and give ourselves a little more grace mm-hmm So if you could go back in time to that very first week when you had your son, William, and just give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to yourself? You're going to have to bleep this out, but bleep
1: breastfeeding. Formula is just as good. And you are an amazing mom who
0: knows how to take care of your child. Good for you. (laughs) Because it's so true, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So true. So William is a rainbow baby. And for those of you who don't know, um, a rainbow baby is a baby after a loss. And I have been open to sharing my story of my two losses. And Cass has also experienced losses through her journey. So maybe you can chat a little bit about that and what that experience was like for you.
1: Well, I've had three losses and it does not get easier at all. I lost my first pregnancy at 11 weeks. My second pregnancy at 14 weeks. I had hemorrhaged and I was um, rushed to the ER. Lost so much blood. Last year, in February, I lost another one at 10 weeks. Um, You just feel lost. You like hate yourself. Like you, you grow into like a deep, deep depression, and you like you just never forget those babies like ever but I'm thankful that I it was lucky enough to have my two boys and I have those angel babies looking after me but when I found out I was pregnant and William's heartbeat that first time he saved me (laughs) oh my gosh did he save me
0: (laughs) it's so special and you can't really you can't really put into words what that's like when you experience a loss and then you're pregnant again, because I, I know there's just like a whirlwind of emotions when you find out that you're having that rainbow baby. What kind of emotions did you experience initially when you found out?
1: I was terrified. I didn't tell people I was pregnant with William until I was 15 weeks um I just had to get past those days I had to get past the ultrasounds I had to make sure that he still had a heartbeat and that I could see him um I just had to make sure he was really there <laughs> but when I saw him move and that John wasn't home he was working so he wasn't even with me when we, when I saw him the first time I like literally like bawled like I was like tearing I was crying and the pork tech like (laughs) she's like oh no she probably felt so bad but like I just felt so much relief I felt so much better and I'm considered high risk so I had four ultrasounds with William and I had four ultrasounds with Brayden.
0: Do you feel like it's almost like you, you have to hit milestones. Like you're like, okay, if I can just get to this, okay, if I can just get to this stage and then I'll feel better. And then you're constantly, you're almost like you're going through your pregnancy, like the ne- looking for the next thing. And you're not, you're almost not fully enjoying the pregnancy because you're, you're on edge. Right.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. That's like how I was for like both of them. It's just like, I was terrified. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, I don't want to like tell anybody I'm pregnant. Cause like, what happens if I lose it next week? Like now I have well, to tell all those people like, well, Oh, and
0: that's a, hor- that's a horrible way to think, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well you want to think that if something happens, you need that support. So it's like kind of a mixed bag. Cause you're like, either I'm telling them and I'm untelling them or I'm not telling anyone. And I have no support if something happens. So it's kind of one of those, like, you know, you do what, what you feel is right. And I think everyone who goes through losses, is different with how they deal with a rainbow pregnancy because some are comfortable saying from the beginning, they're like, I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to, you know, like seize the day. But then Mm -hmm. there's, there are people that, you know, are more reserved and, you know, if something happens, then they're struggling on their own. It's just such a tough, you can't, you can't streamline to put everyone in the same pile, but it's just, you got to do what works for you.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, you have been on an interesting journey with hearing loss, and (laughs) I am curious if you can share a bit about the struggles um, about the condition that you have with hearing loss.
1: So, uh, when I was just about a year old, I had gotten meningitis and I had almost lost my life. I was in the hospital for like months and months. Um, I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to talk, all of that again. And so usually, typically, kids that young that had meningitis usually did end up going deaf. So I guess I was considered lucky-ish kind of back then. But I had William. And then I started noticing that, like... Couldn't quite hear well. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, this makes no sense. And so I went to a a hearing clinic and they checked and they're like, oh, like, this is weird. Like, your right ear is, you can't hear much out of it, but your left ear is good. And so I had to go see a specialist. Even the specialist is like puzzled. And they think that after I had William, because your hormones crash so much right after. They think that something was sitting there dormant and didn't really come into effect until those hormones crashed so hard after. But I do have to go get um, special hearing uh, tests every six months to a year. And the weird thing is, is my right ear, the one that's deaf, it goes up where i can hear good but then it drops down it hasn't settled in a spot yet it just keeps going up one time and it goes back down so they really have no idea what's going on with that side but i still can't hear anything out of it
0: (laughs) great that's so wild crazy like and it's funny because uh, hormones you say hormones they affect so many things in our bodies after having a baby
1: they do it really does and like even my doctor's like well we'll just keep checking it and see what happens and I'm like okay like
0: (laughs) yay yeah just another thing on your plate right exactly so what kind of emotions do you experience when you just think about hearing loss as a mom from that perspective what does that make you feel
1: oh man like I cried for like months and months because it's like well what happens if I like lose my hearing in both ears I won't be like the one thing that scares me the most is that I won't be able to hear my kids anymore like I won't be able to hear their voices and that just upsets the crap out of me
0: and long term thinking about um the road ahead so what is the the outlook for your hearing long term Have they give you any sort of indication of what the future might look like
1: Right now, because it's so up and down, I do have a hearing aid that I wear when I'm having like those really, really tough days. But I can kind of read, like, lead, um, read lips on some stuff. It's hard right now because everybody's wearing masks. Because it's like, oh crap! Yeah. Like, what are you like even saying to me? But I do have my hearing aid. But with my family, like, I didn't tell my family and friends I had hearing loss for like a year after because I felt embarrassed because it's like I'm like 20 something and like I like not hearing like but my family and friends like who know they are patient uh, they don't get frustrated or mad at me if I like ask like what are you saying like (laughs) I don't understand but they've been really really good so far so like people are just patient which is nice you know
0: That's good to hear. And yeah, like, I mean, I can understand your reluctance to tell people because you're thinking, yeah, like, isn't this something that happens to people a lot older than me? And you're thinking, what are people going to say?
1: Exactly. Like when I was talking to that specialist, she's like, well, you would be surprised. Like she's noticing, and this was like two years ago now, that people who are coming in with hearing loss, that age has dropped to about 25 and up. And it's because of headphones and phones. Crazy. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow, what a time to be alive. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Crazy. Oh, man. Okay, let's dive into something... a a little bit different so we're going to talk about some mom moments because you are a mom through and through you're so busy with your boys and I feel like mom fails are inevitable (laughs) no matter where we are in our stage of parenting so as a mom as a mom you're trying to do so much for everyone and you're pulled in a million directions do you have any like embarrassing mom fail stories (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. Um so Brayden is my very 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 strong-willed child. I now buy groceries online because honestly it's like way better. But before, I was I always used to take my kids grocery shopping with me. One time Brayden wanted those like Kinder surprise eggs and I said, "No, we're not getting them." It was like meltdown of all meltdowns in the middle of the grocery store. You could hear his crying and his yelling echoing in the grocery store.
0: So <laughs> I those Kinder eggs are the worst. I tell oh you, no,
1: I literally had to pick him up and leave my cart full of groceries in the middle of the lane and walk out as people were like just eyeing me down. I was like, what you want me to continue shopping with this child? Like (laughs) I just left that whole thing there. Just left.
0: (laughs) It happens. I feel like every mom goes through a moment like that at some point. Like And I think that the more effort we make to normalize stuff like this, the better off we're all going to be. Because if we start to realize that, you know what, every mom goes through those moments where their kid's throwing tantrums, their kid's unhappy in public. And, you know, maybe we'll feel a little less embarrassed and put off by it when we realize, hey, you know what, every mom's going through the same thing. <laughs> so my last question for you is, Well, to do with the timeouts, I'm curious if you have a place for a mummy timeout, a hiding place in your house or somewhere that you can just catch your breath, you can cool off, something you can do. My uh,
1: yoga teacher actually gave me this idea while I was doing my teaching. And she told me just to go into the bathroom, lock the door, and do my deep breaths, like go from one to three minutes, breathe in, feel it, breathe out and let it go and just sit and not think. So I do it for like a minute just to like calm myself down. And when I'm calmed down, I'll unlock the door and go back to life. I do it all the so- time.
0: And you know what? There's nothing wrong with catching your breath like that. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it has been such a joy to get to chat with you on this episode about your family, your business ventures and life in general. So thank you so much for taking time to share your story with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for tuning into this episode of joy in your circus. I had tons of fun getting to reconnect with Cassie through our recording and just getting to chat about the real and the raw side of motherhood, because you know, that's what I'm all about. Here's the thing about motherhood that I'm learning. It's not pretty it's definitely not composed and it's certainly not structured. Motherhood, in my opinion, is raw, it's messy, and it's filled with mistakes. When we get caught up on social media, it can lead us down this rabbit hole almost of these picture-perfect illusions of motherhood. I don't know about you, but I know, know multiple accounts of moms that I follow and their grids are filled with these perfectly curated photos showcasing this gorgeous family they're doing fabulous things their house is perfect the mom is filled with stunning clothes and jewelry all she all day long she wears heels and she has these meals that she showcases in her grid that are these gourmet meals that we all know her kids don't eat okay the secret is out here's the thing these families this is an illusion This is their Instagram presence. This is how they make money. They showcase these pretty families that make you want to follow. And I follow them. You follow them. We all do. You know, this is how they make money. They showcase products and they do all these things. These Instagram influencers and to each their own, like high five to them for building their brand and their business. And I think, you know, that's great. But I think it's important for all of us to not get caught up in the fact that these curated photos are not real life this is a job this is what they do they present their lives in such a way that makes you want to keep watching and you aspire to have the things that they have and to cook the meals they're cooking and you do it because it looks so great on their instagram grid but that's not real life it's an illusion no real family looks like that their kids aren't eating those those meals they're making and they for sure don't wear heels all day long i can promise you that if you want real and raw and messy, I'm your girl. Give me a follow on Instagram at joy in your circus. I don't sugarcoat my motherhood journey. And I honestly don't think you should either. I'm here for the trenches of motherhood. I am here for the ups and downs to celebrate with you and to sit with you in your trenches when you are having a bad day. So give me a follow on Instagram, not on Facebook. I left Facebook a while ago. I don't know about you, but I'm just an Instagram girl. Thanks for listening to this episode. Tune in next week as I share my final open mic hot topics episode of the season. I'm getting so close to finishing season two, you guys. I'm almost done all of the editing. So looking forward to the last few episodes coming your way. May your coffee be hot, your wine glass be full, and I certainly hope you didn't leave your coffee in the microwave after I gave you the warning at the beginning of this episode. I hope your chaos is beautiful. Now back to my circus.